So I was watching this video on The Great Reset and, you know, just doing a little bit of a dig and watching what they're putting out as propaganda. And I came across this video with Prince Charles talking and it kind of caught my eye just the way they had it formatted and obviously the cinematic value of it. And as I was watching, I started seeing how they took words like rethink, reimagine, redesign, reinvent revolution all these words with re in front of it and was kind of playing it with the idea of reset great reset but what caught my eye was the fact that they used a colon to separate re from the set it was almost like they were doing it on purpose i mean clearly they were doing it on purpose because they wouldn't have done it if they didn't mean to do it but what would be the purpose of separating the re from the set and then with the other words as well like rethink redesign reinvent reimagine like why not use just the whole word as it is to relay your point why do you need the colon there so just something stuck out in my head and i started thinking about the ancient gods of Egypt and the god Ray and the god Set. Now I went and looked it up because it just kind of all came to me at one time and I just wanted to make sure that I was thinking clearly as far as my memory goes. But sure enough, there it was. So the god Ray, R-E or Ra, R-A, that he was referred to as both, that was the god of order. He was the god of the sun, order, kings and the sky. And so I went and looked up the god Set, the ancient god Set. And Set is a god of deserts, storms, disorder, violence, and foreigners. Now, I started thinking disorder, chaos, and I was pretty sure that I remembered hearing about Set being referred to as the god of chaos. So I kind of did a little bit of digging there, and sure enough, in Egypt, Set was one of four gods that was considered a god or a deity of chaos. So what do we have here? We have Re, R-E, the god of order, and we have Set, S-E-T the god of disorder, chaos, order out of chaos. What have we seen happening in all of 2020? We've seen chaos and out of that chaos, they have been giving us order, telling us exactly how to live our lives, what to do to get through the chaos, problem, reaction, solution. They're putting it right in front of our face as to what they're doing and we don't even see it. These people, these elites who run this world, who are making all the decisions for us, they worship the gods of old, the ancient pagan gods. They worship them, they always have, and they always will. Just like at CERN, they have the statue of Shiva, the god of destruction, right outside on the front lawn. They put it in front of your face because they know that you're not either going to get it or you're too lazy to do something about it. These people claim to be people of science. They claim to not believe in gods or the supernatural, but they put it right in front of our faces. The narrative that says they actually believe the opposite of what they're telling you to believe. They tell you not to believe in gods. There's no such thing as a god. It's foolishness to put your faith in an entity, a deity. 
that you can't touch and you can't see. But for a group of people who tell everybody else how to live their lives and how foolish it is to believe in a God, they certainly do put a lot of emphasis into the idea of gods in their practices, in their science. They try to combine their gods, their supernatural worldview with their science. To me, that sounds like alchemy. Combining science with magic, with the supernatural powers of another realm. To me, it sounds like our scientists, our great leaders and world elites are much more theistic than they are atheistic. The great reset, the great order out of chaos, the great ray out of set. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows every week on Thursdays, we release a episode for members only to the website. So if that interests you, you want to hear double of The Confessionals, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. And today, right now, marking the very first day, the launch 
of the overtime page for members on the website. You see, this episode was the very first time that while I was recording, I had this idea that, you know, this guy has a lot more to say. This conversation is going great. Let's do a whole other segment. And we're going to put that on the website for the members called Overtime. So members, if you go to the website right now, look in the membership section, you'll see a page called Overtime. And there you'll hear the second hour of this episode, which is fantastic. Now, back to the business. If you guys want, you can go ahead and prepare yourselves and your households with emergency preparedness food at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There you'll get emergency supply of food. And if you get the four-week supply, we'll knock $100 off you right there. It's a great deal. And I'm telling you, 2021, you want to make sure you're prepared because 2020, not many of us were. And on that note, I want to let everybody know that I have officially launched my new Instagram page called Rage Against Dystopia. It started out as a page where I was going to just post things for myself to view for future references. It's basically a dumping ground. And then I thought, you know what, maybe people would enjoy this. So I started putting a little more effort into it. I started about four weeks ago and I'm officially letting everybody know, go ahead and follow Rage Against Dystopia on Instagram. If you want to see how I view the world with current events, history, and how it's leading us into a dystopic future. And it actually might turn into a separate show at some point because there's a lot of things I could talk about there. And I just think that maybe I would enjoy doing another show like that, where it's just me talking about these kind of things, having guests on, talking about current events and what's going on in the world and how is that leading us down the road of dystopia. So go ahead and check that out, Rage Against Dystopia on Instagram. Now, this week we have Michael coming on the show. In the first half of this show, which is the public show, we talked to Michael for an hour about his parents normal experiences of seeing this UFO as a kid and then having these experiences with other people in his life and all the people that he had this experience with excluding his wife have died like people are dropping like flies and it's very weird and I asked him during the interview do you think you and your wife might be next and uh, he didn't really have a great answer he's hoping not obviously but um, it's something that he definitely thought about it, this is a great interview and I think that there's a lot of things that we can gain from listening to Michael's story because it really helps us connect dots that I don't think we would be connecting if he didn't share his story and then in the overtime segment that we're launching on the website he goes into more UFO experiences but then he goes into this experience and we weren't planning on talking about this but he had this experience where puppies were going missing off the property he'd find them out in the woods next to a pile of sawdust and mushrooms and as we were talking more about this and the details he revealed it sounded a lot like Bigfoot and I'm not saying it was Bigfoot but it really had a lot of patterns that led to the idea that maybe there was a Bigfoot on the property that he didn't know about and he didn't even think about it until I brought it up but it was a great conversation with Michael the first half the overtime part and I know you guys are gonna love it so let's get to Michael right now All right, today we got Michael on the show. Michael, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? Dude, I'm doing good. So uh, I'm really interested in hearing about this experience you had or experiences, but uh, I want to let the audience know that what they're about to hear is a story that involves many different people from different times, like not like t- eras, but like people that had these experiences at a very specific location or an area, uh, but at different times and they kind of all kind of correlate together and uh, some deaths involved. It's it's really, I'm intrigued and I don't even know the whole story yet. So Michael, take it away, man, and share with us uh, some of these experiences. All right, man. I, I really, 
I appreciate you um, letting me come on the show. So, um, first thing I'll do is start off like uh, the first like UFO experience I ever had. I was, I'd say I was probably around nine or ten years old, and I was in the car. And all this takes place, like I said, where I live, like in this small little area. And we were driving along, and I think we were on the interstate, maybe actually almost home and i just happened to look out the side window and i seen this weird shaped ufo kind of looked like a and i call it a ufo because i had no idea what it was it looked like a pontiac symbol i don't know if you know if you're familiar with how that shape is but yeah you could see the lights you know all around it like you could see that weird shape so i'm like screaming at mom and dad i'm like hey hey look at this thing look at this thing and it was really low and it was it was moving kind of like slow, like a lot slower than like an airplane or something. So the dad he looks out and sees it, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know what that is." And you know he's driving, so he couldn't really look at it. And my mom she kind of does the same thing. And me being little kids, I'm like crawling around all over the back of the van, like checking this thing out. And it it turns and starts going south behind us. And I'm looking out the back window at this thing, just kind of watching it, like, slowly move away. And as it gets farther and farther away, it starts glowing, like, this green color. And, like, I could feel, like, my heart, like, skip a beat. Like, it, you know, that feeling, like, where you get kind of startled. And I was like, what is going on? And it flashed really bright, and it just shot off, like, so fast. And it was like a it left like a green like streak behind it just for a split second. And then the streak kind of faded away. And that pretty much changed me from then on like that. It scared me so bad. Like I was speechless. Uh, it took me a while to even tell mom and dad, like what just happened. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. But, um, anyway, that's going to tie in, like I said, to what I'm going to tell later. But, a lot of this story surrounds a really, really good friend of mine, and he was like a brother to me. And I don't want to say his name, but we'll just call him Bill. But me and Bill used to go, we'd go hunting together and camping, and our families have known each other since we were babies. And it's just been one of those things where we were just, might as well say we're a family. And... He would tell me things sometimes like that that bothered him and stuff that he didn't want to tell other people because he knew he could trust me and I wasn't going to, you know, make fun of him or, you know, think anything weird. And I remember he was a few years older than me and I was probably, I don't know, 16 at the time. And he had a he had a factory job and he had we were camping. And he started telling me he's seen something at his work, and it really bothered him, freaked him out. And I was like, well, you know, you can tell me what, what's up, man. And he said, well, he said he didn't want to say, you know, too much about it to anybody else. But he was standing there at his machine working, and he looked up, and the person across from him had this huge black figure standing behind him, like complete, like like a... He described it like completely black silhouette with red eyes. And you couldn't see any like real details about it, but you could tell, I mean, it was a figure obviously, but you couldn't see any details except for the eyes. 
And he said it, it really freaked him out. And he thought, man, you know, I'm seeing things or, you know, I've been here too long, you know, whatever. It's, it was really hot too. The place he was working at was really hot. So he starts thinking, you know, rationally, like I'm getting too hot or whatever. And he said he looked back down, started doing his job again and, and kind of, you know, wiped his eyes and he looked back up and it was still there. So then he said he began to look to the left and to the right and he could see like everyone in the factory had one of these things behind him like following them like people if there was anybody walking like there was one of these things like just walking behind him and he he began to tell me like he had never seen anything like that before and it it really freaked him out and you know he didn't know what was going on so he ended up like obviously he quit the job he was like i'm not going back there whatever so some some time goes by and i always thought about that like i didn't know what what that meant or what that was or anything and keep in mind i forgot to tell you like we were we grew up in church like we were christians and we you know we all had pretty much the same viewpoint on everything and so i mean stuff like this is like it's it's not unheard of but it was like really strange to be hearing from somebody who's that close to you you know that if you've never had anything happen like that so anyway he begins to uh, he actually started dating a cousin of mine and this was like sometime after this and all these stories, like, like I said, these parts of this are from his point of view, but him and my cousin had went out to this place and it's called Elk Creek and it's a, like a public fishing area. There's like a, a, there's like a dam on one side and there's like a boat ramp and, you know, it's like a little, you're not really supposed to have like gasoline powered boats or anything like that, but you can have like electric motors and stuff. And a lot of people go fishing out there and there's some trails in the woods. Well, anyway, him and her went out there one evening and they were, it was starting to get dark and like a bunch of people had left. So it was just them. And he said, as they was getting back in the truck to go home, they were getting ready to leave. It was dark. It was starting to get dark. He looked over into the, the woods. He could see this, like a light coming out of the corner of his eye. And when he looked over, he said it was what looked to be an angel standing there. And he said, oh, no, you know, I'm seeing stuff again. Like, this is happening again. So he, he got in the truck. She didn't see anything. So he got in the truck and he said, I just wasn't going to say anything. We're just going to drive home. You know, so he starts the truck and they start leaving and he says as he's driving and this is the part that i thought was really strange he looks over and this angel or whatever this figure is is he said it was an angel is like flying beside the truck like just looking at him like right outside his driver's side window so he's seeing all this you know and he's thinking what does she see this like am i losing my mind am i going crazy like what is going on so he ends up he comes home and he said when he got out of the truck he he kind of lost sight of this figure for a minute and it was gone he thought okay well as he's starting to come around to the side to let her open the door and you know let her make sure she gets in he sees this figure again and he's standing by the uh there he had a big tree in his driveway like to the left of his driveway it was massive um huge tree and 
this thing is like standing there beside the tree. And he said, he told her, just go on in the house. I'll be in in a minute. And as he started to walk up to this thing, which he said he was shaking and quivering, but it was something just drawing him to it. He said that it telepathically somehow, he don't know, but they said it wasn't talking, but like it in his mind, it told him his name and it said his, that it was an angel, but I don't know if it was the angel, but he said his name was Michael. And he said, I've come to show you a few things. And he said, you've been um, basically, I don't know how he described it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it, he had been shown things for a reason. And he said, walk, walk up to the house. I want to show you something. So he had this huge um, window where his front porch was, like just massive window went from top to bottom. And I don't know, so many feet across. And he said when he walked up to the window, he could see inside the house. And, you know, it was like he was kind of like nobody knew he was there looking, but he could see what was going on. And he seen my cousin and there was all these those black figures that he had seen before. They were in the house, like just wandering around everywhere. And this is his house. And he said that when my cousin turned and kind of looked towards the other room, there was this like black demon like figure like coming out of her back. And it was like coming out of her back and like reaching around like her shoulder, like like just latched onto her. And when he went to ask Michael or the angel what he what this was, like what are you showing me? He was he was gone. So he ended up, you know, telling me about this. And I mean, he, he, he would cry when he told me about this stuff. And there's no way I would never doubt it for a minute that any of this happened. And um, nobody knew, like me and him, we didn't know what to think of it. Like, I didn't know, was it just something that he, you know, seen and just maybe it'll, nothing will ever come of it. We didn't know. So and nobody mentioned it to anybody else. And he knew that I wasn't going to say anything, especially to my cousin. So <clears throat> later on, fast forward, um, my wife and I, that I had my wife now, back then we were dating. And we got together with him to go fishing. And we was going to hang out on the other side of Elk Creek, which is the place I was talking about. And the only way to get there is to take a boat or like you can walk it's really far walk if you go down on the dam side so we had a little flat bottom boat with a trolling motor and we was going to do some catfishing and just like hang out all night so we get the boat loaded up and we make like one trip across and take a lot of our gear and we come back across and you know we grab the rest of our stuff and as we're coming across this lake and this is something we all three seen this flash goes goes across the sky and you can imagine if you're on a lake there's like no obstruction of your vision like there's as far as in the sky there's no mountains or anything it's just wide open sky you know night sky and this flash it shoots across from the direction i was looking it, it shot from the left to the right went all the way across the sky 
and it caught it was enough to catch our attention and we all kind of looked up and immediately i seen this orb or like ufo i don't know what it was it was a humongous the best way i can describe it was like a like a christmas tree ball like a christmas tree ornament you could you could see through it but you could also tell that it was you know circular and like a sphere and there had it had one little section that was like a dark circle and the rest of it was like a lighter color like almost like a blue green or something like that but anyway this thing and we're we're looking at this thing because i mean like i said this flash of light happens and it caught our attention we we look up and there's this thing and it like floats to right over the center of the lake like kind of close to where we're at but it was up pretty high and then it just bounces like it looked like a ball bouncing and just shot off towards um would be i think north and i mean my it was like that same feeling when i was a kid like my heart skipped a beat and i was just like whoa and we were all like what was that and we're <laughs> you know we're out here in the middle of this lake in a boat in nighttime and this thing was right over top of us and there was no no explanation whatsoever like it was crazy and so we we make it to our little campsite we had set up and we sit there and we're we're talking i mean like everybody like we're excited like what was that thing like that freaked me out and you know we're going back and forth and we try to fish and i couldn't stop thinking about that thing the rest of the night and i know at one point um we tried to like we had our sleeping bags and stuff laid out and it was you know a real nice night and we try to get in some sleep but i just couldn't i couldn't get that that thing out of my head like i just kept thinking about this whatever that thing was so sun comes up we we pack all of our stuff up you know and i'm i'm exhausted we're all exhausted so we're like man let's you know let's get this stuff out of here and, and go get some rest so we get back across it takes a couple trips we load the truck up and we go home so i end up going to bed and i crashed for like like 14 hours like i slept so long and this was back in the day when you know we didn't have cell phones and we had um, answering machines and i woke up and i had this really weird feeling like i don't know how to describe it like like i'd been drugged or something like like a loss of time I, I of course i slept for 14 hours like i said but it was like more than that it was like i was just confused and i didn't know what was going on so i stumble and get up out of bed and walk in down the hallway i had a little stand with the answer machine on it and it was blinking like i had so many messages and i was like that's weird because i didn't even hear the phone ring why well, i, I began to hit play on there and it was different family members of mine telling me that Bill, my buddy, was in the hospital and that he wasn't going to make it. And I'm thinking I'm in like a nightmare or something, like the Twilight Zone. I'm like, what? Like, we literally just were camp. We were together like last, like, what's going on? So I finally get a hold of, um, I believe it was my grandmother. And she says, yeah, she said he's in the hospital. His kidneys have shut down. 
Like he's he's dying, and we nobody they don't know what's wrong with him. They have no idea, you know. He's he's dying. So I I call my wife. Like I said at the time, I call her and I'm like, hey, you're not gonna believe this. I tell her what's going on, and we're trying to get together and 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 go see him and see what's happening. And you know, I'm praying for him. Like I said, we were all grew up in church, religious people. And, you know, the whole family's praying for him. And all of a sudden, he gets better. His kidneys started working again. It just did like a 180. It was a miracle. And the doctors are like, we, we don't know what happened. Like, they, they had no explanation whatsoever, you know, and everything was fine. And, and he even told me, he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I don't know what happened. Like, it was just one of those things where he started feeling bad and his in a matter of like hours, he got so bad that, that he, an ambulance had to be called. And then, you know, he gets put in the hospital and they say his kidneys are shutting down. So it was so crazy. Well, he ends up, like I said, he gets better. Nobody can explain it. The doctors can't explain it. They don't have any idea. You know, it's whatever. He's, he's better and everything's good. So after that, it was probably... I don't know, a year or so. Um, and we, like I said, we never stopped hanging out. We, we, you know, we went hunting together. We did all kinds of stuff together. And I ended up getting this job at a, um, a factory here in town. And we started work. It was a job where they put you like with one other person. Like you get, um, I don't know how, like a team basically. So it's like you and another guy. So me and this dude, we're working together like every day. And of course, all we had time to do was sit there and talk to each other and tell stories. And I hadn't told anybody about anything like that had happened to me at this point and or my friend. And we start talking me and this guy and his name was Kenny. And he begins to tell me, he's like, man, you're not going to believe this. But he was like me and some buddies were out um, fishing. And he and he began to describe to me what he's seen. And he described the exact same orb-like thing that I seen. And he even used it. He even said it looked like a Christmas tree ornament. <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, you're, well, you're not going to believe this, but I seen the exact same thing, you know. And he kind of laughed. And I'm like, no, I'm for real. I'm like, I seen the exact same thing. And I knew in my head where I'd seen it at, but I didn't want to say anything to him and i said tell me real quick i was like where was you at when you seen this and he said man we was out towards salem he was like over uh, by elk creek and when he said that like i i was just like floored like i didn't know what to even say because that's exactly where all this stuff where we'd seen all this you know and he's like yeah he said we were all i don't know how many people were in the van or whatever but he said they they all seen this thing so I couldn't wait to um, to tell my wife because, like I said, she was with us when we seen that, and she just couldn't believe it. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you know, he's seen the same thing. and <clears throat> It's just nuts because same area. He described it the same way, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Well, then later on, I don't know, it's probably – I ended up getting another job. It wasn't too long after that. I got another job. I didn't really care for that job. And I seen that guy, Kenny, at the car wash. 
And like I said, this is a small town and it's kind of, you know, you, you, it's no surprise you're going to run into somebody. And I seen him at the car wash. I was like, hey, man, you know, you still at such and such place working? He's like, no. Nah. He's like, I, I got tired of it and I quit. And he'd worked there for like a long time. And I said, oh, you know, we teased each other. I called him Gravy Train and he called me Easy Money, you know, that sort of thing. And I said, well, you know, old Gravy Train done quit his job. And of course, I couldn't say anything because I'd already quit too. But he uh, he's like, yeah, he said I had pretty good. 401k money in there and he said i'm just gonna take it easy for a while and he lived with his mom she was um i don't know if she was handicapped or what but he he kind of helped take care of her and he was so happy i mean he was like yeah you know telling me he's like i'm just gonna take it easy for a while and just relax and you know it wasn't maybe a couple weeks later and i saw where he had killed himself and that just kind of bothered me at first because he was the first person connected to all this that actually died. And, you know, I, I just couldn't figure out because when I talked to him, he was so happy and he was just like, you know, I'm taking a, a long vacation. I quit my job. You know, I've got money. I don't have to worry about it. So that was like really strange to me. But, um, not too far down the road after that, my cousin that was involved in this whole ordeal, the one that he had seen this black figure coming out of her back, well, she gets involved with these people who are just, we'll just say they're not very good people. And none of the family, like we really had a hard time getting in touch with her. Like it was almost impossible to, to get a hold of her and see how she was doing. It was like they were trying to hide her from, from us. And I know there was some time went by where nobody could, nobody even knew like if she was even alive and turns out, um, her my uncle, her dad, he ends up going just over to the house and basically busting through the door. And she was, in a bed in the back and was basically she had passed away and she had been there for quite some time, like a long time. And I mean, I can't imagine, you know, finding your daughter like that, first of all, but, um, you know, it's, it was just terrible. It was incredibly just, it was just awful. I got a phone call. It was super early in the morning. My mom called me, bawling her eyes out, and told me. And I, it was just unreal. I mean, it was just absolutely unreal. And still to this day, like I, a lot of, I think that she was like where, um, she had been like drugged, like given an enormous amount of drugs to make it look like she overdosed. But I don't think that she was ever on drugs. So. It's just like the family, like there's people that still, we think that something, it was just not like a natural death or it wasn't a suicide or accidental overdose. It was like somebody injected her and made her, because she had injection marks, I think like on her, in her, between her toes and like 
in places like where it would be hard to see, you know, but anyway, that's a really messed up part of this whole story, but she, she passed away and not, I don't even know. It wasn't very long after that. My friend Bill, he was at his mom's house and like the story I heard, cause I wasn't there, but the story I heard was that he stood up to walk into the other room and he just fell over. And I mean, I'm talking this guy, I'm 37 years old. This guy, he was a few years older than me and he just fell over and unresponsive. And they, she calls an ambulance and, and I mean, he died, he died right there. So it all just dawned on me one day, like all these connections, like the stuff that he had told me and the stuff that we'd seen and me and him had talked about. And, you know, the black figures and, and being shown the things. And I don't know the significance of it, but he always thought that seeing the black figures was like a warning. And it was like a warning about my cousin and that something was trying to, um, you know, kill her or overtake her. And which is weird because of the way she ended up dying. But later on, like I said, I ended up connecting all the dots that Kenny and my friend Bill and my cousin and ended up um, Bill's dad. He, he died in a motorcycle crash and is all really close together, all in the same area. And I mean, it was just so crazy, like that all this stuff happened. And I don't know if it was just my mind tying all this stuff together, but it just seemed really weird that you know the things that did happen happened and then the people end up dying and i mean hopefully i'm not next because i mean <laughs> i was there too so when this orb thing happened in the same area where the he seen the angels and or the angel and um i don't know it's just like it's so messed up it sounds messed up it sounds scary and that's something i was going to ask you about as far as you goes, uh, and your wife, right? Because your wife was there, right? Yeah. It, do you ever get the sense that that's something that could happen? I mean, do you, do you feel, do you believe that much in your idea, your theory as to what's happening that you and your wife could be next? We've talked about that and I try not to think about it because, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to think like that, but it's kind of hard not to considering that you know all those things that's that's happened were connected and it's one of those things like when this stuff was happening it didn't seem real because it's like you don't want to believe it when your best friend dies and then you don't want to believe it like when your cousin dies and then it's just you're hearing all this stuff happening and it's it's like i don't know i know some people say like death comes in threes or death comes in, you know, certain numbers or whatever, but what are the chances that everything will be connected to this one little place? And, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's my mind just connecting it all. I, I hope that there's nothing to it because I don't want to be the next one on the list, me or, or my wife or family. Uh, when did this happen though? Like, I mean, what, what kind of time were, are we looking at here? I know you said it happened within a few years period, right? 
Yeah, so I would say altogether within three to four years of, but what I'm saying is like from the beginning occurrence, um, and then it wasn't long like when the guy I worked with, when he told me his story, and then when he died, that wasn't very long. But like when we all seen this thing, um, I'd say that was kind of in the middle because the first occurrence with, with my buddy seeing the angel and showing him that that was like before we seen the, the orb together, UFO or whatever it was. So I'd say three, four years, all this came to fruition. And, um, but, but Kenny, when we worked together, you know, I ended up, I just didn't like the job. So I quit and got a new job. And then, just happened to see him at the car wash and he told me he had quit and it was maybe a, a matter of weeks i heard um and seen like in the paper like that he had died and i got to asking people and they said yeah he, he killed himself so that happened relatively quickly but whenever we seen the the orb and couldn't sleep that night that was the very next day that my buddy had to be put in the hospital and almost died like he i seriously think this day that us praying for him is what made him come out of the hospital because they the doctors literally said like he's dying like his body is shutting down his kidneys are not working he's he's dying so i think that maybe that was like you know an intervention of something like we we all prayed for him and and he he got better like the doctors he didn't even know how or they couldn't explain why he was sick so maybe if if that hadn't happened if we hadn't have you know prayed for him and things would have been different maybe he would have died right then i don't know but i can't i still this day can't figure out why him and not us you know yeah, and I mean, in the end, he wound up dying anyways, right? Yeah, and that was the strange part because we had all just kind of moved and just thought, well, as you know, moved on from the whole thing, and just it was one of those deals where my mom got a hold of me and said, "Hey, um, did you hear what happened?" And I'm like, "No," and she told me that you know he passed away, and I was just absolutely just floored, but apparently the story i heard like i said was he just stood up to walk into the other room and just fell over i guess they said his heart gave out but he wasn't like you know big overweight guy or anything he just you know a few years older than me and i don't know i mean some people that that happens i mean if they have you know maybe a, a condition that, that they haven't seen or something but i don't know man it just one day it just clicked it just all this stuff just clicked in my head and i haven't been able to like not i try not to think about it but it just pops in my head every once in a while and i know that's one of the things like when i thought about when i emailed you that was like i have to tell this story because it's like i don't know maybe that's the whole reason is i have to tell the story but um hopefully Hopefully that's not the end where now something bad happens to us. <laughs> oh yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> I would, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't hope for that ever, right? So, uh, okay, so these deaths, we have a suicide, we have uh, a supposed drug overdose, and we have a medical mystery where he went into the hospital at one point and a doctor, from what the way I heard you say it, it sounded like the doctors didn't even really understand why he was there, why why he was having the issue, and then you guys pray for him, and he comes out of it, and he's fine. Am I am I recalling that right? Yep, exactly. Okay, so he he's kind of the oddball in the mixture it, because of the medical side of things, but what are the odds that somebody has such a medical Marvel mystery or whatever going into the hospital, almost dying, coming out of it only for what a year or so later to drop dead just instantaneously, you know, it really sounds yeah. suspicious. Yeah, it's really, I mean, and I don't know the exact, I can't remember the exact time frames, but like I said, it's, it's suspicious definitely because I don't ever remember them explaining why why he like they told us what was going on but they never told us why it happened and he never had it like he even told me he's like i don't understand like we were fine i was fine we was out there together and you know but he did remember hey we seen that that weird thing and even though the stuff that he seen like he he told me about these things he's seen i don't want to say he was a skeptical kind of guy but he was one of those dudes like he would rather say like, Oh, I seen an angel or I seen a demon than he would say like, Oh, I seen a UFO or an alien or something like that. You know? So I mean you could if you said, Hey, I seen this spaceship, he would just laugh and think you're dumb. But if you were to tell him something like, you know, angelic, then he would be more apt to believe that. That's just the kind of person he was. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because he, he saw an angel. So, I mean, yeah. uh, how old was he, though, when uh, he first went in the hospital to the time that he died? I know you said you weren't totally sure on the time frames, but he's a few years older than you. And I think you said you're like, what, 37 now or something like I'm, that? I'm 37 now. So I'd say he was probably, um, this has been a while ago. He was probably in his mid to late 20s. Wow. So, so he wasn't even in his thirties. Like I, like, because you told me your age and he was a few years older in my head, yeah. I just couldn't shake the image of a guy who was late thirties, early forties passing or passing away. So he was like in his late twenties, like he there, that man, that's rough. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he, I don't want to say like, he wasn't the healthiest guy. Like it, it wasn't like he was, you know, never had anything wrong with him. It did seem like to me he would, he would get sick easier than some people like, you know, he would get a cold or something would be easier. Um, cause I remember several times, like we would, we would go hunting and come back and he'd be like, he'd get the sniffles. So, I mean, I don't know if that has something to do with it or not, but just falling over dead is, is insane, especially at his age. Did he know the guy who committed suicide? I do not know. Okay. Okay. So I, because he has this experience of, you know, with this angel and seeing these, let's just call them shadow figures standing behind people. And I think if I remember correctly, your cousin was inside when he saw the demonic shadow figure coming out of her. Yes. 
and your cousin's the one who supposedly overdosed, right? Yeah. See, they tried to make that sound like that she committed suicide, but I just don't believe it. I know people, they're going to say, well, it's your cousin. You don't want to believe that, but it wasn't just that. It was the circumstances surrounding the whole thing. Like they didn't, they didn't tell anybody that she laid, she laid in there, you know, for so many days, they didn't tell anybody that she died. They just, I don't know what, that's not normal. I mean, you don't do that. So the people that she was living with, they just left her laying in there. Was she on drugs? Like, does she have a problem with drugs? And that's the thing. Like, I don't think she ever did. She might have. We, we kind of lost contact there towards the end, but to me, I just don't see it. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are, have had drug problems and been addicted and she just didn't, like I said, there was time at the end. I'll admit I didn't, I wasn't close to her. I didn't see, but I guess anything's possible, but it was more of the surrounding um, circumstances that led us to believe that something, something else was going on. Yeah. I mean, cause you mentioned about having like a puncture wound or something like that between her toes. Is that right? Yeah. I think that was like, um, injection marks like in her yeah. feet. And I don't know of a drug addict that does that. I may correct me. I may be wrong. Well, her- heroin, uh, if people are on heroin, uh, eventually mm-hmm. they have a hard time finding their veins. And so they start shooting up in their hands and their, their feet, wherever they can find veins. Uh, yeah. and usually that is like towards the end, like they're, they're I mean, they're real rough shape physically health wise, but it's kind of, it, it is kind of awkward, not awkward, but peculiar that you, you didn't have any inclination of an idea that she was on drugs. I know you said you guys kind of lost touch and stuff, but it, it almost sounds like word would have got back at least that she's not doing well and she's in some kind of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird, man, because, um, me and her were only a couple months apart in age. We grew up together. And even though we did lose touch towards the end, like I feel like I knew her pretty well. And it was not like her to not, not contact family, at least, you know, her parents and be like, Hey, I'm doing okay. Or come to visit. And that's what had happened. Like they started saying like, Hey, we haven't heard from her. We can't get a hold of her. Like, you know, and, and, it just ended up being, like I said, her dad ended up pretty much busting the door down to get inside her house to see what was going on because he just couldn't take it any longer. Yeah. And I can't imagine. I, I still, to this day, like, I won't even begin to try to imagine what he went through finding his daughter laying there like that, man. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it. I mean, you're a dad. I'm a dad. I, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom it. It, 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 yeah. it, it kills me to even think about it. And um, for what, Bill saw coming out of her, uh, there, there is real, uh, thought in my mind to the idea that whatever was in her maybe did push her into the drug use where it like, it, she it kind of consumed her. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have had real demonic experiences while they were addicted and using heavy drugs. Um, and, and so, you know, it doesn't. It, it it wouldn't surprise me if whatever was going on with her on the spiritual level manifested through the through addiction to drugs. Does that yeah. make sense? I, I kind of think that in in Bill's mind, like he he was being warned 
like because like i said they were dating at the time and i know not too long i probably forgot to mention this he ended up like breaking it off with her after and it was almost like he to me felt like that was a warning to him like you know there was something that he didn't need to be part of there so that's what he kind of made it sound like that michael the angel showed him and like i said i don't know because i know the bible talks about michael the archangel so i don't know if there's a difference there if that was like a different angel or whatever but yeah i mean with that idea i mean obviously i thought the same thing i mean when you said michael the first thing michael angel that i would think of is michael the archangel uh, yeah. which is really heavily talked about in the book of revelation uh where he kind of leads god's army uh against satan and in the end times uh, but I don't really know. Like, I literally like not. It's not me saying I don't know. As I don't really believe or anything. It's like I really don't know how Michael would tie into that specific specific situation. Like, I don't know if Michael, uh, the 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 archangel, does that kind of thing, or right, uh, or could it have been you know something more sinister portraying itself as an angel. You know, exactly. that's something that's very possible. We know that um, the fallen angels are very evil. And if you're an angel in itself, you can transform your body. That's why Paul talks about being hospitable, because you never know when you're in the presence of an angel. And we also see in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the angels that were hosted by Lot in his home, they looked like human beings to the point that the, the, the town wanted to have sexual relations with these men that he was hosting. Like they looked like men, they ate with lot yeah. and they consumed food. So we know angels can transform their bodies to the point where they, they literally look, but also act like human acting, human meaning consuming food. So um, it, it really wouldn't surprise me either if what he thought was an angel, maybe wasn't an angel at all, or maybe right. it was, gosh, I mean, what would you rather have a demonic uh, thing pretending to be an angel or or a fallen angel like I, I i don't know but the fallen angel idea scares me more i think because those dudes are nasty suckers yeah when you said when you said that about something more sinister like i got goosebumps when you said that <laughs> sitting here because it never i honestly have never thought of it like that like what if it was like you just opened up a whole new possibility like maybe that wasn't an angel because when he told me the story, he didn't, I don't think that he said, my name's Michael, I'm an angel. He, he said, my name's Michael, and I'm here to show you a few things or something to that extent. Like he never said he was an angel, I don't think. But that's the visual that he got when he described him to me. He was, he said it looked like an angel. So did he talk about how he, like, I know you said that when he was approaching it, he was shaking, he was scared. But after that telepathic communication he had, did he ever talk about uh, how he felt during that time or afterwards? Did he like when it said, I want, I'm here to show you a few things and it showed him his girlfriend, your cousin. Uh, did he say he was trembling? Was he in total fear? Um, he didn't say too much about that part, but I, he did say that they talked like in their minds, like he didn't have to use his mouth. You know, he was the thing could read his thoughts. And he did say that when they were standing at the tree 
and he told him, I'm here to show you a few things. Like it was almost like he instantaneously was up on the porch. Like he don't remember. He didn't remember walking mm-hmm. up there, I guess kind of thing, but I'm sure he did. He don't know if he, if he walked up there, or if he just kind of was there. But after that part, when he made contact, he didn't say like how he felt, like if he felt scared or, or anything, but, um, he just, I remember him mentioning over and over again, how strange it was like that it was, they were just thinking like he was thinking his, um, conversation and this thing was talking to him back and he could understand it and it can understand him, but neither one of them said anything. That's really interesting. That now him seeing this, um, did he describe it, it like? I mean, I, I don't know how in depth he got with you. Did he did he talk about how real it looked or anything like that, or was it like translucent or anything like that? Do you know anything about that? He said, yeah, he said that it was real as like a person, but he said it was really tall, and it was wearing a white robe, and it had like. Um, not really shoulder length hair, kind of longer hair, you know, for, for a man to have. But, um, he said it was just kind of glow. Like there was this light coming from it, but it wasn't like, it didn't look real. He said it looked just like you or a person, just like a person standing there that was tall and just had this, like, it was almost like their, his, his clothing was, um, was glowing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like his body was glowing. It was like he said it was like a person, but this this white robe and whatever was putting out this light. Well, I mean, that the way he described it to you, I mean, I can totally understand why he thought it was an angel. I mean, it, what you just described, and especially when you say it was really tall, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people. I mean, my own grandfather told me the angels that were around, surrounded him were huge. I, I For some reason, I, I the idea of 12 feet tall comes to mind. I don't know if he actually said it or not, but he said they were they were absolutely huge. Um, yeah. and, and so I, it, it, the way you're describing it to me, it sounds like an angel. Uh, did did, all right, so when he saw this thing initially, I, I think you said he saw it, then they left, and then as he was driving, it was like flying next to the car. Is that right? Yes. The first time he seen it, he was getting in the truck to leave from, from, from Elk Creek, and it was often like, to describe this place, there's like a parking lot beside the boat ramp, and probably 50 feet, there's a little tiny um, roadway, and there's to another parking lot and there's a trail that goes through it's like a it's like a maintained trail that connects to this trail system and there's woods right there and like right at the mouth of the woods is where he seen it initially it was actually in the woods and that's the exact direction where this orb thing that we seen came from from the exact same spot it's because we had put the boat in at the boat ramp and we were going across the lake and that's where it came from that night, the flash of light and the orb. And, um, so I don't know what the significance is of that, but he said he seen it and he, you know, this is after he had seen these shadow figures. So he was like, Oh no, not this again. So he gets in the truck and he starts driving. And as he's driving, he can see this thing out of the corner of his eye. And he said a couple of times he looked over and it was just looking at him like just flying. And I remember 
even asking him, like, was it flying, like, you know, like Superman or something? Like, kind of, like, did it have its arms out? And he said, no, it just was just floating, like, right alongside the car, just kind of looking at me. So he didn't describe any wings or anything. It was just kind of, like, almost hovering just along with the car. Yeah, he never said any. to my knowledge, he never said anything about wings. Man, this is... This is really interesting, man. And, and and obviously it's not good in the sense that people have died and stuff, uh, but yeah. it, it's it's very intriguing just the details that you're sharing um, because I, I just, I there's so many question marks, you know, and, and I don't want to say questions because I don't, some, some of this stuff, I don't even know where to start with questioning, but there's so many um, different facets to this story, uh, especially like with the lake and the orb. Uh, so he sees this Michael at the lake first, then it follows the car. Then when he gets where he's at, it's there. Uh, and this lake where he saw it at is the same place where you guys saw the orb, which he also saw with you guys, right? Yeah. And the thing about the orb was he didn't really see it as good as we did, because I don't know if you've ever been on like, like a 12 or 15 foot John boat, but you've got the person driving the boat is facing one way. And then like usually your front seat is facing back towards them. So he was driving the boat. So he was facing us and my wife was in the middle. I was in the front and we were both facing him. So we seen everything like really good. And then he caught like the tail end of it as because when he seen us looking and I mean, this thing, it lit up like it was a flash that like lit like lightning would light up your you know the ground or the lake or whatever so it was enough to get everybody's attention but then immediately when this orb came over we're we're me and my wife are staring at it then he catches like the tail end of it like leaving and we you know we got a lot better look at it than he did you know people are going to hear this and uh they're going to question they're not going to question how do i say this they're going to hear this and they're going to start questioning if orbs are related to angelic beings yeah. or demonic beings, because we already talk about orbs being related to spiritual beings, spirits. And so it, it's very fascinating. And like you said earlier, when you were describing it firsthand uh, or first off, you said that it, it looked like an orb, but you weren't sure if it was an orb or a UFO uh, so there was a little bit of confusion as to what you were seeing, but uh, it, it's it's very interesting because people are having these sightings of these these uh, orbs in the in the forest and out at different places, like big orbs. I'm not talking about the little ones that pop up on your camera. I'm talking about right. big orbs, and uh, and that's what you saw, right? This was not something tiny. This was big, right? That's what I was getting ready to say. I was going to clarify, like I say orb, I don't mean like. You know, like you said, like the little floaty. I mean, this thing, it was probably, like I said, it was up in the sky pretty pretty high, but I would say it was as big as like a, a, a car or like an SUV. And what's interesting about it, like it's so weird and it just popped in my head the other day, like not even maybe a week or so ago, I was watching some program. I can't remember what it was. I was watching some program on TV. And they were talking about, it wasn't ancient aliens, but it was some kind of similar type thing. But anyway, they were talking about, you know, 
UFOs and aliens, all that. And they showed this painting, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's an old, a really old painting, like maybe even from like 1600s or something. And there's this craft up in the corner of this painting that's like circular. And there's this being inside like driving this thing. And I mean, this painting is so old, like it's before we had, you know, way before cars and airplanes and all that stuff. And they didn't know how to explain the fact that the person that painted this painted a basically a UFO with somebody piloting it. And it just like clicked, like it's kind of similar to what I seen because it was like a complete circle, but it had this dark spot in it, almost like a like where a windshield or something would be, if you could imagine that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a windshield obviously, but it's, it just what it looked like. It was like a dark, um, shape about the size of like a car windshield towards the front of this thing and the back of it, you could see through it, but it was, there was enough of it there that you could obviously tell it was a, it was a ball shape. Like, I don't know how to describe it, man, but well, I mean, I I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from. I mean, it's it's hard to describe some of this stuff, uh, but it, I mean, it does it just makes you wonder about certain things. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people out there that theorize that um, you know, and I'm not saying I believe this at least a hundred percent. I think there's a lot of truths in a lot of different people's thoughts on things. Uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know if everything is a hundred percent true. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that believe that UFOs, aliens are demonic and that they, they believe that, you know, I, I don't know if they think that de- de- these demons wear because the idea is that they're wearing, like they're housing their, their, their demonic spirit in these like body suits, like almost, you know, like these biological yeah. suits. Uh, I don't know if they feel like they need a craft if that's the theory or maybe because you're in this physical suit that you do need something to transport around i don't know but it it just it really makes you wonder man with seeing what you saw what he saw on his own uh and and then what happened afterwards uh and, and what he was seeing with the let's just call it demonic spirits whatever it is uh around the people and coming out of your cousin uh it's very very intriguing. Uh, and wrapping this up though, I I wanted to ask you, uh, the first thing you shared was your experience as a kid seeing that, uh, UFO in the car and you described it as uh, a Pontiac symbol. Uh, when you first said that, I, I immediately thought of what people describe as almost like an up upside down, um, pyramid almost where it's like, it's longer on the bottom, and shorter on the top. Is that what you're talking about? Or did it actually like, uh, look exactly like a Pontiac symbol where it's almost like a V? It was more of a V, but it didn't have the pronounced like in the back, like where the V would be. It wasn't like real deep. It was almost like if you took a, a V and drew it on a piece of paper and then instead of making the V like, you know, all the way up to the top, you just make a little part at the end, like indented, for the V part, but it had lights on it that enabled me to see the shape of it. Um, and it made, it didn't, it wasn't making any like sudden moves or anything until the very end. Like when I, like it just kind of glided 
real slow and real, you know, purposeful. So, the, all right. So you see this thing. Let me ask you this. Uh, you might have said it earlier. I just don't remember. Uh, was it near the lake? Um, I won't say no, it wasn't near the lake, but it's all in the same area, like where I live. And I've seen other uh, UFOs since then. So I don't know if it's like where, where I live or just, you know, this area in general, but I've seen people even post on Facebook about like, I've had people, I've got like a lot of friends on Facebook. Some people I don't really know that well, but I've seen them post and say, everyone go look outside at such and such direction and tell me what this light is. And, you know, stuff like that. So there's, there's something going on around here, I think. Do you mind t sharing the general area? Uh, Southern Indiana. Like in between um, Louisville, Kentucky and um, Columbus. Okay. Well, uh, I had a guy on the show that um, had some more along lines of let's just call it men in black type experiences, you know, but, uh, he's in India or maybe it was Illinois. I can't remember now. Um, yeah. So scratch what I just said. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm butchering it, but, uh, I'll tell you what, Michael, um, I think that what you just shared is very fascinating. I think people are going to be dissecting it a lot to try to understand some of the things you shared, because there's a lot of facets and levels of what you just shared with us. Um, and for the audience listening right now, uh, I think that this is one of the most, most fascinating stories I have ever heard. And uh, it, it's because of the paranormal surrounding people's deaths and the timeliness of it all. So, uh, Michael, how about this? We're going to talk more about your other UFO sightings, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll, we'll add this you know what, we're going to make this an overtime segment of this interview. So uh, people who are listening right now and you want to hear uh, these other stories, head on over to the uh, membership section on the website and I'll be posting it in there. Uh, if that's okay with you, Michael. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you can do to help this show grow. It's just to take the link and share it around social media. Tell people about it. Wear the t-shirts, the confessionals on the store, on the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. I don't care how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. Now, I want to remind everybody that's a member, go ahead to the website and listen to the other hour of this conversation where we got into more details about other stories on the Overtime page, the brand new Overtime page on the membership website. And also a reminder, go ahead and follow me at Rage Against Dystopia if you want to see how my mind works. Might not be a good thing, but who knows? Check it out. If you like it, go ahead and give me a follow. All right, guys, until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Stay a couple nights I've been getting high
So, uh, Michael, listen, I appreciate everything you just shared about this just fascinating experience. And I, I, I struggled during the main interview with uh, some of the verbiage on how I was describing it, because when I say fascinating, uh, I, I feel like that's too positive, uh, too um, jovial of a word to use. But I, I just don't know how else to describe what I just heard other than it's it's amazingly fascinating. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, man, because it really is like it's the people that I know that know that everything has happened and they know all the people that have died. I mean, it's even to them, it's like it's unexplained. Like they like you said, there's there really no there's it's a lack of words, basically, to describe it. 